Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us on the podcast today. Joining us in the studio, <laughs> Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. Robbie Croyle. Hello. Kyle Wonders. That's me. And myself, Logan. Coming at you with some jaundice. tasty... What? Ooh. Your computer... Oh. Went to night mode? Yeah. It's dark enough in my office <laughs> that it went to night mode. It's that November, October, June, hmm. and gloom. October, right. June, gloom. In a room with no windows. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we are moles. Guys, it could have gone completely pitch black outside, and we wouldn't know. No. Or purple. Yeah, the world could come to an end, and as long as the power's on, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> completely <laughs> oblivious in my little bunker. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my office the bunker. Oh, yeah. That's a good name. I think, yeah, that's now the official name for my office, the bunker. As long as Jen sun. leaves one of these packages each week, we're okay. <laughs> for another week, I've, I've had... I've been eating on this all week long since you left. He's pulled all the candy corn out of it. As for context, yes, once did. again, Bob <laughs> is reaching into a bag of mismatched fall treats. Mm-hmm. There you Can go. Can you hear that good crunch? Casey. I walked out of the office earlier today, and when I walked in, it was kind of s- gloomy. And then when I walked out, it was sunny and gorgeous. I was like, this is the problem. You're missing the gorgeous it's October true. days. I didn't even know those existed. Yeah. Not a big fan of fall personally. But nonetheless, nonetheless. Yeah, I went there. I went there. You can keep your pumpkin spice. And if you have something to argue with Logan about that, you can reach Send him. us an email at, at info at missionridge.church. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. All right. So, Rob, uh, in the sermon, the <laughs> glaring shortcoming would be that you forgot what we were going to talk about on footnotes that you had determined we were going to talk about on footnotes. Yeah. And you, you reached this, and it was a blank wall in your mind. Unassailable. It wasn't blank. That would have actually helped. <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck on Michael Dye, which is, he's the author that, that comes up with this term, uh, double bind. But okay. All I could picture was Michael Dye's name. Mm. And so I said... Logan, what what are we talking about here? And, and I was zero help because I had chose that previous thirty seconds to check out, so I didn't even know where you were coming from, or what you were. And Michael died did not ring any bells in my mind. That didn't help. No, I had no idea who that was. And Christy, being the quietest person in the room, she was in the back, and she was saying double bind. I, apparently, she said it three times. I only heard it the last time. Yeah. I'm sure it sounded like this. <laughs> well, th- to be fair, there was a lot of laughter occurring at that mm-hmm. point, and she had a mask on. So to project through the mask and the laughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if the mask would have been mm-hmm. off and I could have seen her face, then I would have known was a double That might have yeah. been. There you go. It was just a, it was a comedy of errors right there. I wish I would have been here. So, so that- Michael Die, Michael Die um, talks about a double bind is is when you're in a lose lose situation. 
Yes, siree. Uh, the two paths that are before you provide their own challenges, yet at least one of those paths is at least known because it's the path that you've been on up to that point. So if you're an addict, um, the, of course, the life of, of an addict is challenging. But I've heard people say, why don't they just quit? Sure. Well, let's talk about the kinds of things that you have to experience in order to quit. Uh, first of all, um, withdrawal. You've never, yeah, withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've never been there before, or you've been there and you failed. Yeah. Right. So you, I've never been down that path before. I've never been down the path of recovery. I don't, I don't know any of the landscape, or I've been down the, that path and I've failed and I've failed horribly. To swim out of that current is terrifying. Right. Mm-hmm. The current that is sweeping you along, even though it's dangerous, even though you don't enjoy it, even though it's beating you to death, seems safer. And then you have loss of community mm-hmm. for those folks. And then there, there's a huge cost monetarily, emotionally, time. Like it takes some serious work to come out of addiction. Um, so. What I've seen is you really don't come out of addiction unless community shows up. That could be AA, NA, Celebrate Recovery, Church. In some way, shape, or form, community has to show up. They have to be willing to carry the load with you. You're not mm-hmm. going to carry this load by yourself. Sure. And they, in fact, have to replace that community that they had before. Mm-hmm. Which... Moves us well beyond the two hours for you know church on Sunday and two hours for hour and a half for a Bible study once a week. Like we're talking hours beyond that the three and a half hours that you know the average Christian experiences yep. in the church world. That's a dedicated community that needs to be replaced. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about leaving community and uh, joining new community, and that community has oftentimes uh, brought or inflicted hurts, wounds on people. Sure. And and so when we're inviting people into our community, we have to recognize that sometimes that's not going to sound like a good idea. Yeah, because that maybe that's. That's the exact thing that wounded them before. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of reentering some sort of community like that yeah, can be daunting. Either they've been there and they were let down, or they've been there and they failed. Probably a combination or a mixture of both. Yeah. yeah. This is the and, and this this is the tricky bit of a double bind, is because it, it feels like neither option is good. Um, there was actually a, a couple of my friends have shared this in the last couple of days. <clears throat> I pulled it off of Facebook. Uh, it's just a little screenshot of somebody saying something that says, marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your hard. Obesity is hard, being fit is hard, choose your hard. Being in debt is hard, being financially disciplined is hard, choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. So this is these are all, uh, as I was reading that I was like, oh, those are all double binds, mm-hmm. right? 
This is and they're they're very simple double binds, which might be might be helpful for understanding this concept. Sure. Um, yeah. If this is the first time that you're running into it, it's not the first time you're running into it. First time that you maybe are identifying this. It's being named as something. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because when you're when you're wrestling with a full scale like community, that can be daunting. But recognizing the double bind is the first step to getting out of that. Mm-hmm. Michael Dye talks about how people be in a fight, flight, or freeze mode, and this is mm-hmm. an emotional response. This is a response to today's event based off of some event that took place in the past, whether it was in our youth. Um, it could be a, a one-time event that has a huge impact, or it could be a whole series of smaller events with that are s- smaller in scale, but still the cumulative effect is is very similar. Right. And so, oftentimes when we see someone respond to a relatively small situation, like it's a really big situation. Blown out of proportion. They're blown out of proportion. They're not really responding to today. They are, but in a sense, they're responding to something that happened into their past. That was the trigger, and the fuel that's propelling the reaction is actually buried. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we see people that are responding like this, you know, it's a clue to us that uh, there is some kind of trauma. Uh, they're from their past, whether it's recent past or, or again, in their formative years. And the thing that, for me, what I've learned is I need to look for a way to f- for that person to feel safe in mm-hmm. that time. Because mm-hmm. that's what they're really s- screaming for. Sure. Uh, if you've ever watched two people yell at each other, and not hear the other person, they're both asking, in a sense, I want to be safe, I want to be safe, but they're doing it in a way that makes the other person feel unsafe, and so then <laughs> they scream. Right. And w- once you understand what's going on um, in this flight, fright, fight, flight, or freeze mode, you know, it, it makes sense. It starts... You know, it's it's easier to dissect. You know what's what's next, but um, when it comes to discipleship and connecting people to the community, we have to recognize that their past and how community worked out before is going to shape the way they experience your community, at least for a season. Mm-hmm. Right. To replace the bad experiences with positive experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that case, they have to choose which. If it's a if it's a double bind for them, they'll have to choose which path they're going to take. Mm-hmm. What'd your gift say? Choose your pain. Choose your hard. Mm-hmm. Choose they're your both, hard. They're both hard. You get to choose which one you want to. Um, but it finishes with life will never be easy. It will always be hard but we can choose our hard, pick wisely. Which, uh, I mean, I could could argue with that to a degree, but there, there's truth there. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, if community shows up, if community is willing to show up in significant ways, not just a, you know. Not just there. 
surface actually level there. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think in terms of some people, when they, when they look at the pro-choice conversation versus um, pro-life, and the question is always, well, where are the pro-lifers that are willing to adopt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the more people that we have that are willing to adopt, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's community showing up. Yeah, sure. Um, not that that has to rest solely on one person. In fact, yeah. it's actually better when it doesn't. Yeah. Well, cool. and I think this is a good testament of like why we as individuals need to continue to get emotionally healthier. Like if we are the community that hurting and broken people are coming to and we don't recognize our own triggers and our own, like, so somebody comes to me with a history of abuse that somehow rubs up against my history of trauma or whatever. Like, instead of helping that person, I am now making the situation worse by making it explode. So, like, there's this level of, like, I need to be in community to get healthier, and I need to bring people alongside me in community so that they can get healthier. But there's always a spectrum of growth that we need to continue going down, I guess. Yeah, and what helps people be able to choose either the the hard path of the better path of the double bind or to... Um, or what replaces those negative memories in the flight, fight, flight, or freeze mode mm-hmm. is new memories, new experiences within community. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, uh, Michael Dye talks about that. We can replace those old memories with, with new memories of people responding appropriately, people right. being encouraging when they should be. People going, yeah, me too, you know, those kinds of things. So yep. when when you're talking about humility and and uh, yeah, your voice being valued and, and those kinds of things, um, it, we can make a difference and we need to make a difference. But it really does start with us mm-hmm. owning our own pain, yeah, respond, you know, our own owning the unhealthiness of of our own past. Mm -hmm. The reality is I've caught certain things from my parents and, and the community that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I could use that as an excuse. I could, I can excuse myself. Uh, not that that really holds water, but I could try to accuse or, uh, excuse, you know, find, provide excuses or I can own it and change it. And then the next generation doesn't have to have the same kinds of experiences. Right. That's so true. I would say we could use past um, less, like like communities we shouldn't model as well. Like if we ha- were to have an experience in a negative community, you can use that not necessarily to change it, but to grow. Because I think if you accept the your past for what it is and acknowledge both the good and the bad aspects of it, then you can take the good aspects and then look at the bad aspects and then model your new community to not, not only not include those bad aspects, but to include aspects to counteract those bad aspects. Like you can use it as a tool 
from which to build on. Just because it's a negative foundation doesn't mean that foundation isn't strong. Like we can have, we have an ability that we can look into a situation and really dive into what would be most effective and most beneficial for the future. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that takes that takes work. We have to be self-aware. That's mm-hmm. some people are <laughs> some people are horrifically not self-aware. Yeah, <laughs> it's a problem. That's um, called emotional intelligence, referred to as EQ. EQ. Uh, and it's something that within the world of leadership in the last five years is turned into a really big conversation uh, where IQ was at one point for a long time, for much of my life, was seen as the uh, almost the, the be all end all yeah. deciding factor in your leadership cap. Right. If you were smarter, you were better. And uh, emotional intelligence is, is actually taking a front runner today. Uh, you could you could be the smartest person in the world, but if no one wants to join you in what you're doing because your emotional intelligence is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And so becoming self-aware, uh, understanding our impact on other people, you know, those kinds of things are are the things that we can grow and we could actively pursue. And it's one of the things as a church that we even, uh, we actively lead other people through what that looks like. Uh, right. Anybody in leadership, uh, we are we are actively having those conversations so that we can be the kind of place that creates safe community. Absolutely. <clears throat> Now, we talked about chasing the strays a little bit. Uh, we opened that opened that can of worms. Uh, that that was one of the, I think that was one of the next steps. Yeah, Maybe so next step. So we talked about when people, when people walk away from, from the church, um, they, they kind of stray away. You know what's our what's our part, and and I introduced this idea. This is actually uh, for real life ministries and in Post Falls. This is one of their core values that they will chase the strays, and it and the concept comes out of uh, well, first of all, I'd say it comes out of Jesus in Matthew eighteen. He says, "What do you think if a man had?" A, Hundred sheep, and one of them has gone astray. Does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So that's Jesus in Matthew eighteen. Ninety-nine is is a significant number in another story. That's when God establishes his uh, covenant with Abraham, and Abraham is circumcised. Hmm. So I wonder if the original hearers of that parable connected back to 
this covenant that God establishes with with Abraham, and it, would God be willing to walk away from that covenant to to bring someone back, someone who strayed back in? Right. Like that's a sure. It sounds heretical, but Jesus said it, so it's got to be true. <laughs> um, like that's how important it is to God that we chase after the person that walks away. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel 34, I think, is what Jesus is building upon. Um, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? Yet you eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there's no shepherd, and they became food for the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and every high hill. My sheep were scattered over the face of the earth, and none to search or to seek them. So... So often the conversation about someone leaving the church centers on that person's poor actions, their poor choices. God seems to indicate that there are many that are straying because of the poor actions of the leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could the church sometimes see the sheep as a means to an end. So God goes on to say this, um, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, like God himself will chase after the strays if if we don't. Mm-hmm. And so um, this value of chasing after people and, and figuring out what's going on and, and uh, you know, sometimes people do leave because of their own choices. It does happen. But um, we have a tendency to track attendance, and and it just gives me an idea of who's here and who's not here. And and then if I don't know why someone's gone, and a lot of times I do know, I do know why. But if I don't know why, then then I call and just relationally want to make sure that people are doing well. And and so this is a core value that, even though it's not written down, is it's part of my DNA. Well, and that's a there's a <clears throat> there's a lesson there for anyone living out community mm-hmm. is if you're in a community and you notice that someone has gone AWOL, gone MIA, th- it like if you're a part of that community, 
it's your prerogative to reach out to them. Like yeah. this is, it's not just, oh, the leader. No, no, no. You, everybody. It's everybody's job to take care of the entire flock. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, when we hit lockdown back in March, we put in to place a plan where everybody that gone, walked through our doors that we had a record of for the year prior received a phone call until they told us not to. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for calling. Don't really have to check up on me. But we stop bugging me. <laughs> what are you obsessed with me? <laughs> we we started out calling, you know, over fifty families. And that number changed. It would it would grow and then it would shrink and grow sure. and shrink and mm-hmm. but uh we chased after and, and we just wanted to make sure that since we couldn't put eyes on people, mm-hmm. we just wanted to know that they were okay. Sure. Right. And you, you keep what connection you can with the means that you have available. Yeah. Which is a good segue to our closing topic. <clears throat> COVID affecting community. What does that look like? Oh, man. Finally a topic I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a rough episode so far for me, but this one, I like We've only one. hit two topics thus far. They're both kind of deep. The double bind and the whole Ezekiel 34 chasing the strays. Those are not light fluffy. <laughs> well, I, and you guys you know. did a good job talking about it. I didn't feel the need to interject my non-knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> That's emotional intelligence right there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well played. All right, tell me about COVID and community, Kyle. COVID has absolutely demolished what community looked like beforehand. <laughs> has it? That's a good question, you might ask. So, allow me to demonstrate. Yes! <laughs> I would argue that COVID has actually not demolished community, but instead, I'm hitting something, and I'm going to get yelled at for making noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a day right now, guys. Okay. That's so. his flight fight or freeze mode. It's, he's not really responding to us. It's something. No, he's just fast. backing himself yeah. into a corner with this <laughs> argument with himself. <laughs> uh. We don't even have to say anything. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Carry on. I would say COVID has not demolished community, but instead strengthened community. Interesting. Because right. it has forced us to be completely intentional in every interaction we have with our community. In the past, we took interactions willy-nilly. We didn't, we didn't take a moment for what it was. We didn't always look to, mm. to build each other up to you know, improve and help each other and to make it an intentional environment and community. But now, in the absence of physical presence, or at least a different physical presence in the sure. more current pandemic mode, we have to take every moment as intentional because we don't get as many moments as we got. Now every moment has more meaning, mm. and because it's more intentionality, we're constantly growing our community more and more. So while, yes, some people's community may have completely fallen apart, and it may look completely different now, <coughs> the communities that still stand have come out stronger, I think. I can see, yeah, I can see some aspects of that. I would push back a little bit. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe modify what you're saying, not... I don't disagree. Push back Logan. Yeah, push back Logan. Um, so let's see how this tickles your fancy. I think that yes, it made it made the interactions with people require more intentionality because 
it's really easy for people to fall into the, um, we'll call it a COVID rut of you only go to a couple of certain places. You go to the grocery store, you go to your job, you mm-hmm. go to your house, you know, whatever you're... If your, you go out at all. Yeah, if you go out at all, like whatever you're doing, or maybe you're just like, you can work from home and you never leave your house mm-hmm. and you Amazon your food in or something. Uh, there are people that have done this and unless you intentionally seek out the community, it's not going to happen. Right. I think, I think a lot of the, like the ones that you mentioned that some peoples have probably just been destroyed. Those communities, they didn't intentionally seek out community. And so, or they previously, that it, they didn't have to. And so when COVID occurs and we've got weird constraints on things, it's not as easy for it to accidentally happen or just, you know, inadvertently, you have to be, you have to learn to be intentional about that. Um, so I, I think that that changes it a little bit. And the ones that are intentional, I think that the community can come out stronger. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've seen a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But it definitely takes more work. But a community is always supposed to take work. Like if it's if it's being a truly True. effective community, it's not a lazy passive. Absolutely, experience. but I think it takes more work. Okay, I mm-hmm. think it takes more work under the current current circumstances. I can see that. Yeah, I would equate it to losing one of your senses, and now you're dependent on the other senses. So you lose your sense of seeing. Sure. And so now the sense of smell becomes heightened and the sense of hearing becomes heightened. You have to learn new skills to overcome the same kinds of tasks that you took on before. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, some of our people have isolated since March. Sure. They have either not been out at all or they've been out very limited times and therefore and and only for survival not for not not for building community and so mm-hmm. that so there's been an impact for those folks uh our meeting options have been limited mm-hmm. um at various points at, at varying degrees because kyle alf coming off california are they still in lockdown um Parts of the state are. My home county just reopened like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So. Two weeks ago. Well, and we'll we'll see if we stay open. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if if people here in Missoula can really, except for the ones that have chosen to stay home because mm-hmm. they needed to. I don't know if the rest of us could even really fully grasp what that means because our governor said, "Hey, huge." Huge landmass around us, beautiful. Go, go hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid, I don't know what your governor crowded trailheads. I don't know what your governor said, but I do know what the one in Washington said, and they seem to. Mirror yeah, each California other quite was a bit. the same way. Yeah, our trails were closed. Our outdoor stuff was the beaches and trails where that was all closed. Yeah, it reopened yeah. like earlier. They've been open probably since midsummer, if not beginning of summer, but it's been intermittently off and on since then. With masks, we've lost facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the larger community, I would say, has been affected. The micro communities that you're talking about uh, can 
can be deeper, and probably some of them, many of them, are deeper. And we and we look for ways. We uh, used Marco Polo as a way to overcome the fact that um, there's certain people that we weren't really talking with on a regular basis, especially during the lockdown. Uh, our folks were by and large in care groups, and so there was a uh, a small micro community that they're they're part of. But the macro community for our church. The people that you'd see in the lobby, but you're, but that's not part of your care group. How do we maintain those lines of communication? Mm-hmm. And so we create a new, new path for that through Marco Polo, and that's been fun, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's been hilarious. It's um, different. Welcome to my vlog. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then uh, the rise in anxiety, I think, has has had an impact on. Uh, the community at large, and I think it just changes relationships, even even a little bit. Oh yeah, if there if you've got more anxiety, depression, all of that stuff going on, stress levels with COVID, then that's going to affect all of your relationships, which then affect your community, right? That you've got surrounding you. Totally see that happening. So, like to talk about our response. Mm-hmm. What's going to be our response, church? And I have a few thoughts, and like to hear some of you guys' too, but I, I'd say this. First of all, in 2,000 years, this is not the most challenging thing the church has ever faced. What? That's my shock. So face. good. It's so good. <laughs> oh. yeah, it's, it's challenging not. for us, but this is not the most challenging thing Absolutely that not. God and his people have had to face in 2,000 years. And so. I haven't seen lions yet. I, Murder I think, hornets, maybe. No I, lions. I think perspective is good there. Um, secondly, don't put your limitations on other people. Mm-hmm. Or don't predetermine what other people's limitations can or, or should be. Mm. Right. That's a good one. So in other words, I have to buy him, but I'm not sure if he would go because of COVID. Well, you won't know until you ask. Sure. Invite him anyway. The worst thing you do is say two extra sentences. It's not that hard to ask them. That's terrifying, Kyle. What are you talking about? I'm mortified to ask you to go <laughs> hang out. And then the worst. F- and then finally, <laughs> people are going to see things. They're going to have a, a bent. On, they're going to have a, a way of coping, of handling, of, mm-hmm. of traversing this time. And we we need to just meet them where they're at. This is yep. engaging the mess that we keep talking about in their sermons. We need to be willing to meet people where they're at. They could be right. They could be wrong. It really doesn't matter. That's yeah. That's by, beside the point. I I think I think we won't really know what the exact right thing was. Well, what's the right balance? I I'm not sure. If what we'll, I do. It's the perfect balance. Obviously, whatever Logan chooses is the perfect one. That's why we all model that our lives after Logan. That is the wrongest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's false. Fake news, Jen. Fake news. Well, I'm just going to meet Logan where he's at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Always the right place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just shot fake. finger guns. <laughs> finger gun day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> No, but it's important to respect people where they're at. Like, that's that's a valid, like, you're not going to have healthy community if you don't do that. You're not even going to have a good discussion. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe let's have some grace for people. What are Show some, some patience? What are some things you guys think of when you think of in terms of like what's our response during this time in creating community? I know for me, I've had to be the I've had to take the intentionality and exponentially increase that, mm. um, and I've had to adapt to individual people. Like this person's cool with this. This person's cool with meeting and hanging out here. This person is not okay with that. All right. Um, I have to be more intentional about remembering because it's easy for people to slip through the cracks because I'm not accidentally running into them at the supermarket because people aren't hanging out there or at the movies or, you know, whatever. Right. Hangout places in the church lobby, et cetera. That's right. The um, supermarket is my favorite hangout place. That's, I mean, that's about <laughs> the only place that you could hang out for a while there. But... Um, it's harder to tell because they got masks on, so you might not accidentally bump into them. I mean, I ran into Sasha Haas and Yager the other day, and I didn't recognize her until two sentences into our conversation. So <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, would people start putting their... La- I like Jack because he labels his mask with his name on it. That's helpful. Mm. Um, either grow a beard so I can identify you from the beard or write your name on your mask. That's all I ask. Come on, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but uh, because I'm not accidentally running into people, I have to I have to intentionally reach out to people much more. Um, I have to remember to call people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to remember to reach out and text those people and make the plans because we're not going to accidentally or just naturally fall into that. The rhythms have been disrupted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, a long distance relationship or a long distance friendship. Um, but within the same city and everyone knows that long distance is a whole lot more work requires a whole lot more effort and intentionality. But now you have to do that with all of your relationships mm-hmm. uh, to a certain degree. I think that's, that's been my probably biggest observation and what, what I do to, How's the stuff. emotional energy? Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. That, that takes so much more energy. I So it, natural it, extrovert, you put well, me in a room full of people, I'll be fine, but we don't get that anymore. Right. And I can, I can leech, like I can just bounce off of it and just work with that. But now I have to be intentional. And it's almost like maybe what a, I imagine being more introverted would be like where they want to have an intentional conversation with everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. That's exhausting, y'all. How do you do it? It was exhausting so to hear you talk about it. I mean, I'm going, man, that sounds like a lot of energy. It, it is. It and is a lot of... Especially for a single person. Uh, for uh, You're living by yourself in relative terms. I'm compared to, like, I go home to my wife. Yep. My wife and I go to the gym. I go home to my betta fish. You go home to your betta fish. Maybe Colin if he's working here this week. Okay. You know, that's random. So Jacob's got a job now. You could uh, put him in one of your rooms, rent out a room. <laughs> He's got that whole basement at your house, though. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It takes a whole lot more work. It's It's not as easy. So I don't yeah. know. You got to be smarter. I think you probably have to be smarter about your decision making on the on the relation and who you invest in mm-hmm. also 
Yeah, because you don't, you simply don't have a glass big enough to pour into all the people. Uh huh. Yeah. Another aspect I was going to talk about is the non non dialogical aspects of community. So the aspects you can do without another person. So for example, within the dorms, I'm currently living in the dorms and something that occurs is post-it notes will be slid under people's doors and you might not get a response for days or if at all, mm. but sliding post-it note under the door is still something that's done because it's just like another aspect of communication, but you're not like it's socially distanced. Mm. And you're still entering into relationship with people. It's just relationship without presence, which is a strange thing. But hmm. it is something that's plausible. So to be, if you were to be like living in a home, you know, you could like, I don't know, go flag someone's home. Like, and then they're like, oh, who flagged my home? Oh, it was my good friend, Jennifer. That makes sense. And then it's just like that happened to me earlier aspects. this year. I don't know what he's talking about. It was really frustrating because I didn't respond to it, and then she gave up the, she gave up the, the secret. I'm so bad at surprises. Because I was patient. <sighs> <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Patience is key. Masterful. Cool. Yeah, that kind of communication is what we call uh, best effort delivery. Mm. Delivery is actually not guaranteed. You're not you. You never really assured that the communication went through unless they respond. Mm -hmm. And if they don't respond, you're not necessarily necessarily assured to why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like being ghosted. <laughs> Was just ghosted or left on red? Uh huh. <laughs> but oh. left on red, you know they got it. But did they actually read it, or did they just open it, and they're like, oh, no, that was too long, and now I... So there's that. Well, I think that probably about wraps her up, then. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Footnotes. We'll catch you next week. See ya. <laughs> Bye. See you later. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes. <laughs>